because we've been bred to not show our emotions. Who has time for emotions? We've got work, we've got children, we've got families, we've got responsibility. We don't have time for emotions. And now energetically, the universe is forcing us to be vulnerable, to have emotions, to connect our emotions, because the only way that shift is going to happen is if we go there. And if yeah. we don't, we will stay stuck. Midlife ladies. This is the Dear Midlife Podcast. Unapologetic girl talk that will help you remember who you are and figure out who in the hell you want to become. I'm Shelby Bybee, karaoke party queen, single mom, and an extrovert to a fault. And I'm Trinity Greenfield, a wild-haired woman full of sass, sparkle, and a heavy dose of black girl magic. So grab a glass and let's dive into the messy middle. I know that you know that I still have this little voice in the very back of my head. And I'm already getting emotional, right? It whispers to me that I'll never be enough. Oh, Shelby. I know. I'll never be pretty enough. I'll never be smart enough. I'll never be wealthy enough. I'll never be good enough. And... God damn it. (laughs) I firmly believe that these are the whispers that hold most of us back in life. And I know I'm not the only one. I mean, what does the voice in your head tell you, Trinity? So that voice in my head is constantly telling me that I am past my prime, that maybe I could have been pretty enough, smart enough, fast enough shiny enough if I would have done the things when I should have done it and figured it out. But now my old ass (laughs) is never going to have the life that I've dreamed of having since I was a little girl because I have wasted my fucking time. You know, it's not too late. I have hope for us. I have hope too. Yeah. And he, listen, this podcast has been seriously so therapeutic for me and I know for you because it has helped us to overcome a lot of the negative narratives that have been living inside of us both for so very long and I'm telling you girl it was a bold move for you to birth this idea and for us to like push this baby out the canal into this world (laughs) and just in that very action alone. Shelby, I hope that you have proven to yourself that you are more than capable and that you are so beyond good enough in so many ways that you you are not past your prime, baby. We are still doing it. We are making it happen. We We are pushing forward beyond what a lot of women out there are doing. And, you know, I have felt that sense of accomplishment and I hope you have too. And I think we need to celebrate this damn shit a lot more. Yay (laughs) Yay us. Yay (laughs) us. Because you know what, with each episode, we hear feedback from our listeners and that is what validates, you know, more and more and and demonstrates that both of us are capable and that we are in fact making an impact that it is not too late. And that is why this is my purpose. Yeah. Right. This is important to me. 
Yes. And to me. Yeah. And, and you know, today we share with all of you out there, the voice of Alex Faltasini, who also had a little girl inside of her telling her that she had nothing to offer this world and that her voice was not worth hearing. But you know what? She came onto the Dear Midlife podcast mm. and she shared her wisdom with us and on how old moves just like these can help us heal the childhood wounds of our past. Yes. Alex was so brave and she uses this theory and teaches us the theory in this episode about past life regression, child regression therapy, and even we talk through the idea of harmonic sound vibration mm -hmm. as a way to heal these childhood wounds and mm -hmm. work. And she works primarily with those who have had some sort of trauma, just like all of us in their lives and shows us that where the trauma exists deep within the cells that results in the brain acting in a certain way. And we can mm. use these therapies to get down to that cellular level and to resolve that trauma. Mm -hmm. But it's all about identifying the trauma first and where the trauma came from, at what age and who put it there. What was the story? What is the story that we continue to live over and over and over in our own damn brains? And then we work through our shadow to release that energy or emotion and establish a new mindset mm. using some of these tools. So listen, baby girl, I want you to raise your hand if you have that little voice inside of your head telling you that you are not enough. We all have a childhood scenario that happened to us that in one way or another shaped us or, or altered the way that we see ourselves. And Alex teaches us how to go back to that little girl, to that time when that seed was planted deep inside of us and to give love, to give attention to that inner child so that she can finally have the space mm -hmm. to put her shoes on, skip down the street, grab mm -hmm. her balloon, let her face uh -huh. shine in the sun and let that story go. Image. <laughs> and we want you to know that we all have this voice inside of our heads telling us these stories that are holding us back, but you're not alone. Mm. And we're all here to help each other through these difficult times so that we can thrive and, you know, grow on the other side and become our best authentic selves. Yes. And so we want to know what that little voice inside of your head is saying to you. And we are all here to help lift you up and let's move beyond it together. I need help. Trinity needs help. And I we sure know do. <laughs> <laughs> we all are here to help one another get to the other side of our challenges and be stronger for it. So leave us a review. Let us know what's weighing on your mind. And Click that little follow button in the upper right-hand corner of the podcast so you can continue to 
gain the benefits from these rich episodes that we have with these wonderful guests. And now, without further ado, let's welcome Alex Faltasini. Alex, welcome to the show. Welcome, Alex. No, thank you so much. We're so thank excited you you're here. So much. I am yeah. so I am so excited and so bloody nervous at the same time. Is that normal? Um, <laughs> don't be nervous. We are literally dork one and dork two. And this is going to be a fun, wild ride. If you don't have a glass of wine, I suggest you get one now. Right. No, exactly. yeah, I'm drinking my little C4 drink right here, right? This is Ooh. my uh, sugar of choice. Yeah. And, you know, I was telling Trinity before we got onto the show, I'm really excited about this interview because I have been, you know, learning and growing so much. Part of the reason that we started this podcast was that it is genuinely part of our own journey Mm -hmm. to finding who we are in midlife. And we think that a lot of women empathize with us out there because we've all had our, you know, speed bumps in life and it's really a journey. And so we would love to know a little bit more about the journey that you've been on that has brought you to this place. Yeah, I would love to. You know, I I always talk about the big rocks, right? Like we have the big rocks and the big rocks come in our life at certain points, right? Whether we're ready for them or not. And especially since COVID, it's these big rocks. COVID has made us face our big rocks. Seriously. It has, I mean, the amount of people that have come to me for complete life change, right? Completely Mm. have said, realize they're, how miserable they are and they have heard it all. I want something different for the next mm. half. I need something yeah. different in my life. And so it's these big rocks that we're having to fix, including myself, right? You know, yeah. like I was telling earlier, this is my first podcast and my own inner work has been about uh, my self-worth. Yes. Uh, healing the worth, the worth to do this work, to trust that people will come to me, that trust, yes. trust that people will need my story, my healing to help them. But it's scary to be seen because it's scary to have judgment, scary for that self-worth stuff to come up, right? We all have it. And so it was a big leap for me to say, okay, my next big thing, I need to be big. It's time to be big, right? And I I think everybody's feeling it's time to be big. And it's terrifying because that means people are going to see you and they're going to see exactly what your DNA makeup Mm. is, right? And you have to feel, okay, I'm ready for people to see that. And it, it's been an interesting journey as I stepped into it, the amount of shifts that have come in in such a short period of time. But to start with my journey, um, I actually became a uh, transformational coach and healer because I was sexually abused as a child. Mm. Um, uh, my whole, my twin brother and my older sister, we all had our own versions of abuse our entire life. And I remember my sister living in London for a while and I went to visit her. And at the time she told me, okay, it's time to deal with the abuse. It's time to face your stuff Uh, because I I was out of control. I did not care about life. I didn't care about my weight. I didn't care what I did, who Mm -hmm. entered it Um, there. I was working two jobs to me. I mean, I was working probably 80 hours a week trying to make muster, um, for nothing, right? Peanuts. I was earning peanuts. And that was fine with me, right? It was fine that I worked as many hours as I did and I barely got by. That was just my reality. And my sister at the time was like, there's something else. There's something else for you out there. You cannot continue like this. You diminished your self-worth. You weren't absolutely placing any value in yourself. And I didn't. I didn't even know what self-worth was. I didn't have a self-worth. I had someone tell me my entire life 
that I would never amount to anything, that mm. the only way I would ever make money is I had to marry to make money, right? Mm. I mean, these are the things that I grew Look up at with. her now, honey. Right? On her right. first podcast, boo. <laughs> right? 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 But I think Long that's journey. the narrative that so many women are fed out there is like, you will never be worth anything. You must marry yep. somebody to take care of you. And that's just... Yep. Yeah, and it and it's a truth, you know, and and it's a truth and belief that a child picks up, right? The environment they see, the environment they live in, that becomes their environment, that becomes their story, Um, you know. And that's what people don't realize, and that's kind of type of the work I do is understanding that the story you were bred into is not the story that's actually yours. Mm. And it takes a while to figure that out. It takes a while to realize there's an incongruence with what you want and what you know. Mm-hmm. And once you realize that, once people realize that and get to the point that they're like, I know there's something different. I know I don't speak up for myself often enough. Mm-hmm. I know I can't put boundaries down. I'm terrible about putting boundaries down with family because I don't want to hurt someone. Right. Yes. Um, I, I know I don't have self-worth because I live in this comfort zone and it's just too scary to go out the comfort zone. I, I just I am too scared. Right. We all have some aspect of ourselves that we know is kind of our, our turning point. And mm-hmm. we don't really realize what that turning point is until we're faced to realize it. Mm-hmm. And that's how I was. I my sister made me go see this therapist. I remember oh, seeing sister. this. Therapist. Thank you, sister. Yes. yes, totally. She's literally the reason why I got through the tunnel, right? And I promised myself, and when I sat with this woman, I didn't say a word, I didn't tell her anything. Um, she ended up being an energy healer and Ooh. the things she put out, she pulled out about the abuse, like specific memories that nobody knew. I never said a single word, but she was able to actually see the memory of like, for example, my brother getting beaten over, not wanting to wear red tie for Christmas. Mm. And she pulled that specific memory out. And I was like, wow, there's something to this. Like like, she articulated it to you. The memory. I never even told the woman a single thing. And she articulated the memory, right? She was actually able to channel that. It was unbelievable to me. And then when she was working on me, it felt like someone was cutting me open. Mm. It felt like razor blades and all of that abuse that was coming out of my stomach was just Ooh. coming out in pain. And so I told myself, okay, there's something to this because there's no way yeah. that I, a woman can know all of my background. And at the same time for me to feel energetically, like so much pain to come out. Mm. And it was so profound, the shifts that came in literally the people like the pe- my friends that had surrounded me at the time all drifted away every single really? one of them it was like she shifted a complete new vibration where i was in this place where those the type of people i associated with no longer resonated with me so the plane that you elevated to and the plane that they were still on energetically yep. just completely were misaligned and it was misaligned and everything mm-hmm. fell off. And that's when my life started to turn around. That's when I was like, okay, there's got to be something better than me working two jobs. There's got to be something than me drinking all of the time and partying mm. to two o'clock in the morning, right? Like the awareness shifted so strongly with me. And that's when I started studying the work, started studying energy healing, started getting courses, uh, started taking all of these um, um, all these programs to really dive myself into what energy healing was. And then when I took the reconnection healing, um, which is kind of a course about energy healing and how it activates, how you can activate your body for it. I came out of that course all of a sudden doing it. People started telling me, wow, I'm starting to feel it. And then I started channeling and I 
you know, I was so afraid to tell people what I heard, but one day I was like, well, what the heck? I'm just going to say. Okay. So wait, t so tell me what kind of things you channel. Everyone knows I'm kind of a weirdo, <laughs> wishy wooshy stuff. I channel everything. Like I've channeled book names. I've channeled uh, people are going to go to countries to and you pick uh, teach a certain energy. knowledge. So what I do is I'm connecting to guides and angels. So every person mm. I work with, I connect to their guides and angels. And we'll then the channeling. Right <laughs> and then the channeling starts coming. It's just literally a flow. Like mm. it comes so fast that I have to write everything down. And it's, it was whatever they want you to hear. Um, you know, whatever, it, it could be specific healing things. It could be specific to the work, what someone is going to be doing. It could be specific to a partner that's coming in. I mean, it's mm. so random. Um, and back then I was, I had no idea. I was not even going to control back it probably. No. No. Wow. And I was like, I one day I said, I'm just going to say something and see what someone says. And then some people started saying, holy cow, where did you get that? That is that is the most random thing. Where did you hear that? I said, I don't know. It just popped in and I just wanted to say it. And that's when the channeling started mm -hmm. to happen. So here's and, the million dollar question. Yeah. Are you hearing anything right now? I can't. It doesn't work like that. Like I have to connect. Why? Like, Why can we not just turn it on and off, man? I can when I'm out, right? Like I've learned how to turn it off because sometimes not everybody wants to hear, right? And yeah. I haven't necessarily made that contract with spirit that says, okay, you know, someone recently told me this. They made a contract with spirit that if they hear, they hear three times, they're going to tell someone that. But oh, I've wow. not made that contract because sometimes people don't want to hear, right? you're going to have a new love in your life. And let's say they're married to someone, right? And they're like, oh. what? No, I'm not going there, right? I don't want to hear that. If you, um, hear, if you hear that for either Shelby or I today, please, please feel free to us. jump in like at point number one. You don't need to hear it three times. One right. time is fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Alex, so it's just... I'm curious to know, is this what is known as shadow work? Or I know that you had said in your bio that this is some, that shadow work is something that you do, but honestly, I'm not really familiar with shadow work. So is, is this energetic channeling? Is that what is considered shadow work? Or can you tell us what that means and how you use it? So shadow work. So I, I shadow work is like your child regression therapy. So mm. shadow work is those things that those trauma pieces, it's the shadow that we all have. Every one of us has some sort of shadow. My shadow is self-worth. It's not mm. being good enough, not being enough, not feeling enough and my self-worth coming up at times. Um, yeah. Like the podcast prime example, right? When I started to think about doing the podcast, my shadow immediately came up and said, you're no, you're nowhere near ready. Ooh, you're you're nowhere near that. ready for this. God. You're not enough. Mm. You're not, you're not, your business is not there yet. How can you even consider, you know, you're, how can you even consider going in front of people, right? That's the shadow that's coming up telling me, okay, I'm not enough. I'm not ready. I haven't done enough to, to tell my story. And so when that, those type of things come up, it's it's so important to go and understand why it's coming up and people mm. don't realize the shadow is so connected to your childhood because in childhood and somewhere in that little girl's or little boy's stance something happened something happened that made them all of a sudden stop right their voice wasn't heard they didn't receive enough affection and love so they felt they immediately thought i'm not good enough I don't have enough because I'm not, my dad's not noticing me, right? Mm. Um, or boundaries. They get terribly beat up or bullied by their brother. I've had those situations, plenty of those situations happen where then someone in that moment doesn't understand what boundaries are. Their boundaries, by allowing that to happen to them as a kid, their boundaries all of a sudden go from what's a normal stance to here. 
and that's how they are for the rest of their lives. So our shadow work is really understanding where exactly in the story point point as a child did that come up? When did it come up? What age? Who was the host? Who did it? And by us correlating and, and seeing that thread and identifying that thread in our past where it is, that shadow, we, we finally allow that shadow to move and to lift um, by addressing it and dressing it. Okay, where's the story? When did the story come? So once you identify the source of the shadow, then what do you do to heal that or move beyond that, mm. that negative narrative that's in your head? Because I think that's what really causes so many women in midlife specifically to get stuck is because we can't get beyond that negative narrative. And we're not willing to go outside of our comfort zone like you've done today and make some of those bold moves. Yeah. So it is, you know, it's a couple things, right? Um, it's a couple things that I tie it to. One, I tie it to inner child work. That's massive, right? It's identifying where in the, when that little girl, right? If that one thing, that one aspect of our shadow when did our little girl learn that was our that was our mindset when did that little girl understand that was her truth when we can go back and we go back to that little girl we have her feel that right we have her feel that shame if it's shame then she feels that it's sitting in that moment of shame for example like someone who's been abused for example it doesn't have to be sexual abuse it could be emotional it could be physical mm -hmm. it could be verbal right whatever that is and in that moment, the first memory where they receive that level of abuse is actually going to that little girl and sitting with that little girl so she can actually feel that emotion. And because in that in those times of trauma, we don't feel our stuff. We bury it, we plow through mm -hmm. it, and we try to get to the other side, which is, is a disservice to ourselves mm -hmm. because yeah. it is to feel that stuff. It's the it is to feel the emotion. And that little girl, if we can go to that little girl and we sit with her and let her feel that shame and acknowledge that that's what she had, acknowledge her experience, acknowledge the fact that she was so alone, that she went through this experience, that she didn't have the support. And when we can finally acknowledge that and do that inner child work with her, then the more we do that, we that, that emotion that is silly, sitting in that cell where it connects to the brain and our brain tells us what well, that is our story and that's how we're supposed to act every time. But when we go and we actually do the forgiveness work with that little girl or that little boy, that emotion finally gets to be released. It finally moves on. It finally mm -hmm. starts to unrepress and come out of our body. And then the brain has nothing to react to anymore. The brain mm -hmm. goes to that, that cell and says, okay, how are we supposed to act? Oh, wait, I don't know how we're supposed to be act. How are we supposed to act? So it allows the, this pause of awareness and allows us to say, okay, what do we do now? How should we act in this situation? And it allows people to kind of do the inner work and move through this stuff. And then when, when a trigger happens again, they recognize it's coming up and they're like, nope, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to see it. I know exactly where it's coming from and when in my past, I'm going to let it go. Don't want to go there. And then they do a different thing, right? They do a different behavior. They do a positive behavior. They do something that they know, okay, I want to do this instead. And so that's kind of how I would answer that question is how, that's how you get in stuck. You first mm. have to identify where in our childhood did that behavior come from? It came from somewhere. Someone put it there. Someone put it there and told us that was our truth when it really wasn't. And it's identifying where, where in our past was it? And then giving us the grace to understand that it was an experience we went through and there was nothing wrong with experiencing that. There was nothing wrong with mm. feeling that way because that was the experience of our time. And then once we can do that, we give ourselves the grace and the 
patience to feel that and support ourselves in that moment, then that stuff finally starts to move and then momentum happens and then a different mindset happens. And mindset, you know, they talk about, they talk about law of attraction and they talk about Mm -hmm. affirmations and sometimes people find it that kind of nonsense, but it's amazing on how powerful it really is. So true. Because the brain needs a repetitive story to happen over and over and over again in order for the universe to say, oh, wow, she's talking about this all the time. This must yeah. be true. This must be her reality. I guess this is actually the truth. So we're going to manifest what she's talking about, whether it's you need more money, you need more love, um, you want a new job, you want new friends, right? Like you have to talk to yourself as I am surrounded by a tribe of amazing people. I am, money comes easy to me. Uh, I am deserving of having money in my life because I work hard and I want to be able to play with it. And I want to be able to help people. And I want to, I want to have fun in my life, right? It's a different vocabulary about yourself and your mindset versus saying, and and this is something I'm learning and saying, well, I need to have friends in my life. I need to have a job. I need to love myself. Need is a, need is a scarcity. Yeah. It's a lack. It's a lack. Yeah. And we have to train the brain. So thank you for, I'm so excited about, I'm welcoming. I desire, I want, I desire this. I expect Mm. this, right? Like being able to talk about, you know, and I I do this with a lot of my clients, especially the ones that want to change, especially the ones that are stuck. First, we have to go back and understand why you became stuck. What was the belief system that made you stuck? What is the belief system that was implanted in you that is not, that we know is not yours. Once we do that, then we do all of these exercises about the affirmations, about re-identifying what their story is, right? It's almost like this baby walking again and understanding what is my list of acceptables? What's my non-list of acceptables? Really identifying that because once they are able to identify it, they're identifying that from their own place, what they truly resonate with and what they don't. And when you start to do that, then this clear picture starts to develop of what you truly want. What type of job do you want? What type of clothes do you want? What type of friends do you want to surround you? What, where do you want to live? What type of hobbies do you want to do, right? Like we're bred for all of that stuff to be told to us what it is yeah. versus yeah. having the ability to figure out ourselves based on our own story. You know where I kind of struggle with this truth, truthfully is this going back to the child and, and, and helping the child. Cause, cause when I'm hearing the voice today, she certainly does not sound like a child. She sounds like a grown ass woman cussing me out, telling me I'm a stupid bitch versus, you know, going in and and talking to the sweet little girl that needed something different. And so I fight with that where I end up in my head. I'm fighting back against this woman that is telling me lies and saying things. And I have a hard time identifying her as a child, I'm like, nope, put, put the Vaseline on, take them earrings off, girl, we throwing bows right now. Hmm. So what I'm kind of hearing right here is comes the hearing. Uh, What I'm hearing is the childhood for you. You never really got a chance for a childhood. It went from childhood to adult real fast. Mm -hmm. So of course you would, you, the first thing you go to is your adult self because like, I'm hearing lost childhood. So Mm -hmm. you didn't have that moment. You didn't have that ability to process your childhood. So of course you've got this older person that's telling you, no, this is how it's going to be because this is how it was, right? Like, this is how it was. This is how my parents were. This is how life was. And this is how it's going to be for you because that's the best you're going to get, right? 
and you do have to tell that ego to f off you do i had to tell that for years that was like that that little devil that kept coming back over and over and over and telling right. me oh, you're never going to do it you're never going to mount anything you're never going to be able to do what you do want to do full time you're going to have to work two jobs for the rest of your life right mm. such a mindset that happened over and over and again and i had to flat out say f off i don't need to hear that it's not helpful get the hell out i used to have to say it over and over get the hell out get the hell out and then that ego started to disappear, right? I was able mm. to block the ego from coming in and stopping me in that moment. But it is taking that inner work. It's it's gonna be, it's gonna take it over and over and over you working with that, whoever that person is and telling her, absolutely not. That is a false belief. That is not my truth. That's my dad's truth, that's my mother's truth. That's my grandfather's truth. Whoever's truth it was, that was their story and I'm not taking their story. It is yeah. not my responsibility to support the story of someone else that is clearly not mine, right? Yeah. And it is kind of a battle. It is a little bit of an inner battle initially working with this, you know, side of you that keeps wanting to keep you stuck. What telling you you're not good enough, telling you that why what's the point? Why bother, right? You're never it's never going to happen. It's going to take that initial work with that person to tell that to one make them feel safe because at the end of the day that that side of you has to feel safe. It has to feel like it's worth it. It's deserving enough and it's safe enough yeah. to be able to go there. And yeah. once you keep going there, it's like it's it's like giving love to someone who doesn't want it because they don't think they deserve it and they're an asshole and they keep coming back and say no and they push you and they push you and they push you. But the more you come at them with the hug, the more you come at them and tell them they're amazing, the more you come at them and say you are deserving of everything you want in your life. You are lovable. You are lovable. You are lovable. Eventually that person's defenses starts to crack. It starts mm -hmm. to fall. And then they finally start to lean into that because they need that so bad and they cannot, they realize they cannot do it on their own anymore. I mean, energetically we're coming across that so fast, right? Despite everything that's happening in the world right now, our psyches are literally coming out and saying, we've got, I need a tribe. I cannot do this alone anymore. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to do this alone anymore. I know I need support. And more and more people are starting to come out there to be the to allow this vulnerable side of themselves to come out because we've been bred to not show our emotions. We've been bred. Who has time for emotions? We've got work. We've got children. We've got families. We've got responsibility. We don't have time for emotions. And we just tucked them to the side. And now energetically, the universe is making us, it's almost like a flip-flop. The universe is forcing us to be vulnerable, to have emotions, to connect our emotions, because the only way that shift is gonna happen is if we go there. And if yeah. we don't, we will stay stuck. Yeah. Yeah. So I find it interesting because you're right. As you know, we were growing, I think that we did learn to avoid, if you will, our actual emotions and feelings because nobody likes to feel afraid or feel vulnerable or feel sad. Mm -hmm. But now as adults, I think we can rationalize feelings and emotions a little bit more. So what do you recommend to your clients to help them today move through those emotions in real time so that they don't have these emotions negatively stuck in their bodies and creating problems for them in the future. How can we, what can we do to really, I guess, feel our feelings, lean into our feelings? How do we navigate that today? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of my clients that um, I'm doing the work with, right, especially trauma victims, they're very emotionally disconnected and it is teaching them how to connect to their emotions again and recognize when it's coming through and recognize when it's coming through, what do they do, right? There's so many things that you can do, but there's a couple things that I tell clients specifically I want them to do. When something is coming up, I ask them to vocalize it. Is mm-hmm. it anger? Is it depression? Is it sadness? Saying, okay, I'm feeling sad. Mm-hmm. I recognize I'm feeling angry. I recognize I'm feeling depressed. Why is that? Where is this coming from? What about this person that is causing me for this emotion to come up? And clearly it's tied to my past. I understand it, right? And just allowing, like closing your eyes, allowing to feel the emotion just for a few minutes and then through breath work saying, okay, I don't need to serve this right now, but I recognize it's there and I'm going to let it go. And then just doing breath work to move the emotion out of the body. It's very, very important to move the emotion out of the body so it doesn't become a story. And so is that just like visualizing it when you're breathing? Are you visualizing it, breathing it out? Yeah, Yeah. like breath work. So I imagine that, like imagine if they're feeling anger, I tell them, you know, they'll put their hands on their heart and say, I'm feeling angry. I recognize I'm feeling angry. I recognize that something's coming up clearly from my past and I let it go. And then they just do. And as they're doing that breath, they're imagining the anger going down their body at their feet, down their body at their feet. Or some people like to do it the opposite way, up their body, at their head, up their body, at their head. And they do it over and over and over until we, you get the energy from, because when we're emotional, the energy's up here, right? It, it, yeah. We, it always, everything is up here. We start our energies in the morning with being grounded and the energy being on the bottom of our feet. Throughout the day, through the stresses, through the meetings, through the responsibility we have, the energy start to climb up to our head and then it gets stuck here. That's where those mm-hmm. emotions happen. So by doing breath work, what we're doing is we're forcing the energy back down the body into your feet so you can have clarity enough of knowing how to deal with it. The more we can get the energy down to our feet, the more clarity you have of like, okay, I recognize it's coming and I know who did it. And I know exactly where in the past it's tied to. Got it, right? That's the ultimate, that's the ultimate goal. But by doing that breath work, we're flushing it out very quickly. And so I tell clients, if you can do that, the moment you recognize an emotion is coming up and you vocalize it, the moment the energy starts stops that emotion from becoming a thing right you immediately Mm. stop to it you do the breath work to flush it out and then it doesn't become it doesn't get absorbed in your body become a story right a story that gets triggered again in the future over and over and over again so the more we vocalize it and we're like nope i'm done i'm not going there the body immediately says oh okay got it i'm letting it go and they just the it just moves on other things too is journaling. I journal like any times and I tell people carrying a journal in your handbag is the best thing you can do because in Shelby's the moment, favorite thing ever. Oh yeah. I love oh. to journal, but Trinity hates it. I hate it. I oh. hate it. I hate it. I know a lot of people find it hard, but it is so therapeutic because again, you are tackling what's going on immediately and you're getting it out of you on paper. Uh, and I, you know, I, I didn't actually start crying till I'm 45, I'm 46 here. I'll be 46 this year. I didn't actually start crying until I was 40. I could wow. not shed a tear. Could not shed a tear. I had done a lot of work. Just you are Shelby's anti-person. <laughs> and now I can cry all the time, right? But like, as I was getting that healing, you know, six years ago, mm-hmm. that was the thing that I had to learn is I yeah. had to journal why I'm feeling a certain way. What was the cause? Where did it come from? You know, 
why it was there, knowing in the past, okay, this happened to me in the past. I know it did. And it always happens and it comes up and these feelings come up. And why can't I express it? Why can't I da 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 da? And journaling that over and over and over again started to change the construct in my body, where my body started to feel like, okay, she's talking about it, so it must be safe. Mm. She's mm. talking about it, so it must be safe. And finally, my body and the brain started saying, okay, it's okay that it's here clearly because it's not, she's not collapsing by talking about it, by writing it out. Um, and so that's something I have my clients do a lot is journaling, right? Journaling throughout the day, journaling at the end of the night, just 10 minutes. Okay, this is how my day was. I was so annoyed with this person or I was so annoyed with my husband or my partner because this happened. Or, I was so happy this happened. Oh my God, it made me feel so good. Someone bought me mm -hmm. lunch today, right? Whatever, just the joy, either the good or the bad, writing that out. So that way your body starts to get used to like this flow of emotion in your body. And then other things that are really powerful to do, which I have people do is forgiveness letters, forgiveness mm -hmm. letters to themselves, forgiveness letter to their hosts, whoever in their past has caused that stuckness, who's caused that behavior. That is so energetically powerful in, in discording the emotion and discording a story. So that way your body can start processing what's going on, right? And what are the feelings you're feeling? And finally allow those stuff to move on. Wow. I heard um, someone say, it may have been one of our guests, I'm not sure now, because I don't remember anything. Um, that emotion is energy in motion. Absolutely. hundred percent. And so if you need to shift your emotion, you have to move that emotion through. You have to put that energy in motion to create something new and different. And you have to feel it. To yeah. me, you have to, have to feel the moment you can feel it, even expressing it, I am angry. I am angry because this person came at me for so no reason. I am angry because my husband said something that triggered me. I am angry and I'm feeling it. And I know it's because my dad used to do this or my mom used to do this. And this right. is why I'm feeling angry. Like almost like justifying it for like a minute or so immediately starts to get that, that emotion moving, right? And it, you'll actually start to feel the emotion going down your body as you're talking about it it starts to drop because a lot of times, sometimes people just have to talk about it. They have yeah. to talk about why they're mm -hmm. feeling a certain way and it gets them out of their head, right? That's the dumping. That's where the dumping idea comes from. Dumping on someone, dumping mm -hmm. on a partner because by talking about it, your, your blood level starts to drop and you start yeah. to drop down. And it is about processing that, right? Like, and the stuckness that most people are feeling is because we're so emotionally disconnected. We're not talking about our emotions. We're not thinking about the emotions. We're not, we're not connecting to them. We're not even the, you know, movement is so important. I tell people all the time, movement, like dancing and running and walking and um, hiking in nature. Like it's more than just exercise. It is an ability for your body to process emotion that you've been holding on to. And by that mm -hmm. movement, right? The body flows, energy flows through the body up and down. And the more we move, the more that emotion has the ability to start moving. And like, imagine like turning on the stove, it's starting to bubble. We're wanting to get that emotion to bubble. So that way you can actually start addressing it, feeling it, connecting to it. And finally being like, I'm bloody done with you. It's time mm -hmm. to go. I then we can vaporize it. Vaporize yes. it, right? <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> Yeah, I love that because, you know, while we were sitting here talking about this topic, I feel like you said 
something about forgiveness. And, you know, I was in a kind of toxic relationship and I feel like I forgive him. I understand that he's sick. I understand his history. I understand, you know, why he did what he did perhaps, but I can't forget that's the thing. And so, yeah, I believe that it has helped me to talk about it, especially on this podcast, because Mm -hmm. I feel like it's allowing me to connect with other women and validate what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. And that in some way has been healing and therapeutic. And I also think, you know, to your point, maybe journaling or some of these other things can be very therapeutic just to get that out of your head. And, and that's why I really like journaling so much. And it kind of helps me make sense in some ways of what it is that I'm thinking and feeling as well, when you can see it on paper. Yeah. I always say there's power with shame, right? Like I talk about the abuse now. I, you know, my, to the day my father died, he never really was able to connect in his own way. He said, I recognize what I did and this is my punishment. He died of cancer. He said this. Mm. And I remember when he passed, how heavy it was. The energy was so heavy and I knew he was going through his karma. And then I knew when he shifted and he crossed over because I literally heard a light switch. The light switch was so loud. And I remember calling my sister and said, I think I just heard a light switch. And she's like, I was just about to call you and say the same thing. She goes, it was so loud. And And then it was light. And then it was so easy and light three months after he passed that I knew he had crossed over. And now he's a guide for me. And so, you know, there, you know, to relate to that, I always say there is shame, there is power with shame and there is so much power in being able to say this did happen to me. And, 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 you know, I know I chose my story. I firmly believe I chose the, the, the story I was born to, because I wouldn't be doing the work I'm doing right now. Yeah. You might have not been doing or being the person you are right now, if it hadn't been for that experience and then recognizing the power behind that experience and saying, well, I had to go through that because I'm, I now know that I'm in a place to help other women never be able to repeat that story and never mm. have to repeat that lesson. And so I do this work for that exact reason is to help women and help men too, right? I'm starting to see more, much more and more men than I ever have in my entire healing mm. therapy practice because more men are connecting to the things that happen to them and actually connecting to emotion and crying and not feeling uh, shameful for crying mm-hmm. and not feeling shameful that they can say I was abused. I had abuse as, as a child. And, and I always tell them there's so much power behind that and being able to look at the person that affected you so much and just in a way, say, thank you. Thank you mm-hmm. for putting me where I'm at right now and for making me the incredibly powerful goddess that I am mm-hmm. because now I know I can do the work to make sure that women or men don't ever have to go through what I went through with you. Right. And there's power with that because then it does close that story. Of course, you never forget it. Right. It's become a piece of you, but it does bring so much light in such a place of darkness that just outweighs, outshines all of the darkness in that time that you experienced. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's power in knowing that you're not alone. I think that's the thing that is always so ironic to me. Right. Because I think we are three people and each one of us has experienced our own traumas, our own um, shame related to that trauma. And when we talk about it, we recognize 
oh, I'm not alone. But yeah. then we're afraid to talk about it because we think, you know, nobody else will understand. And I think that that's just such a, a misnomer that I am in this all by myself. And I think, you know, Brene Brown speaks so eloquently about there is connection and vulnerability. So we can connect over some of these traumas that we've shared and that we've experienced. And in that space, we can help one another heal. And I think that that is so, so powerful. Yep. I always tell people to try, I definitely tell clients, it's all about sharing the space, right? When we all share the space, everybody can kind of take the, the space itself and move forward. So one person, if one person can't carry it in that one moment, there's the rest of the tribe that can. Yeah. And that's why I say it's so important to have a tribe because they all, everybody's going through the same story. You don't even have to have trauma to have something to work on, right? I, I have clients that have had good childhood, but they had one moment that maybe that their parents put them in an in a adult responsibility, a point of adult mm. responsibility. And all of a sudden, that's how they were for the rest of their lives. They had to always make sure everything was perfect. They always had to make sure that they were the chief. They were the ones leading the, that every leading the entire family, leading work, right? They could never be the passenger in their life because that one good happy moment in their lifetime, they had to be the driver. And so, yeah, I, I definitely don't want to, you know, put out there that, well, the only people that this talks to is people that have trauma. That is so not true. Every mm. one of us has something in our past yeah. that makes us feel stuck. And it could be even from a really good situation. It's just that one little thing that all of a sudden became the story for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. And I think as, and I think that's why so many people are coming forward is because in part of COVID did this, COVID made us go like an introvert. It made us go within. And for yeah. many going within, there was nobody there. There was mm -hmm. nobody there that could relate with them, right? A lot of spouses couldn't relate with the other spouse. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, it's crazy the amount of separations I've seen because of it, because everybody had to go within. And once they went in within, they're like, I don't know this person, this person. I don't relate with this person anymore. I don't relate with this life. And all of a sudden there's that incongruence. And I think that's where people are realizing coming out of this going within and realizing I do not like this empty space. I do yeah. not space of me having to figure this out alone and do this alone. I'm ready for someone else. I'm ready for a tribe. And, and I think that's how our podcast was born, really coming out yeah. of COVID, that need for a tribe and connection mm -hmm. and the understanding that we are all really connected, whether whether we are same, different or otherwise, there is a connection point between all of us and the beauty. There's so much beauty in leaning in together and going through, Shelby called them speed bumps. Mine might be more like Grand Canyons, <laughs> um, but going through that together and, and just really honestly making a choice mm -hmm. to not be alone. And before where we would have been like, okay, we've got to do this podcast interview. Let's all get together in a room somewhere. And like, look at what COVID did. You are in Shelby's in Texas. I'm in the state of Washington. I'm trying to remember you're in Colorado, Alex. And, and yet here we all are. And yet here we all are together. And there's yeah. so much power and connection. Yes. Really is. Like, since since this last couple of years, it's like this the universe is 
reconnecting all our strands, right? They're yeah. reconnecting everybody. Mm -hmm. And there's so much positive momentum with these connections. There's so many, um, so many connections that where people can reach out and say, Hey, I need help with this. I need help with this. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, at, look at the amazing GoFunds. Sometimes I laugh with some of these GoFunds, but you know, look how much support from strangers will come through and yeah. help people help someone get through a situation. Yeah. And you know, that is like, that's the power of positivity, right? That's the power of um, connections is it's beautifully infectious and I will take it. Mm -hmm. um, I will yeah. take it too. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, you said the word earlier vibration. And so I think that that is really what is pulling us together magnetically. We're attracting one another through common vibration. And mm. I just want to touch on one more thing, because I know we're coming to the top of the hour. And this is the use of harmonic sound vibration healing that you do. Mm. And it's always something I've been interested in how that works. So can you explain that to us and how you use that as a, a healing modality? Absolutely. So in the last couple of years, I started using harmonic sound because I found energetically when I do my energy work, I found harmonically using um, sound bath and sound bowls the vibration itself goes so deep into the body. It's literally pushing past the fascia and the muscles deep. Mm. It actually vibrates in the cells. People it does. feel it down to their cells. You know, I have this probably like 14 inch mother bowl. Like uh, uh -huh. I actually, crystal? is it a crystal it one? It's a Tibetan, Tibetan uh, metal bowl. And I actually mm -hmm. put it on my client's bodies and oh, wow. I do it. The vibration, almost like they say they actually can feel it to their spine. That's how deep the vibration goes. And it helps move the really deep cellular level, emotional stuck, emotional garbage, right? It's that shadow garbage that we're keeping in ourselves. Like we talked about before, mm. you know, you, a lot of therapy, unfortunately is very surface related. If you want to go to the deepest layer of that in the cells to actually change the mindset, you have to go deep and the sound therapy helps that vibration go so, so deep into the body that you can actually physically feel the shift happening. And that could wow. be through the sound bowls, through chanting, right? I am chanting in my sessions. I am using rain sticks in my sessions. I'm using Native American um, sticks to help move the sound. I, it's, I'm using bells. Sounds like a good old fashioned hoedown. Right? <laughs> it is a good old fashioned sound hoedown. But People come out those tables and they really feel like, holy cow, I, I felt something move. I actually feel lighter. I hear all the time, I feel a lot lighter. And that's why sound is incredibly powerful. Um, there's so many stories with harmonic sound on just what it can do for people um, and the therapies it's done. I mean, I, I work on breast cancer patients to fibromyalgia patients, to trauma wow. patients, to, to tons of clients all have completely different experiences with the sound after one session. Hmm. But like I said, so should they be thinking about something in particular while you're doing the bowl on them? So my teacher in Boulder, who I'm finishing my licensure with, um, I have a bowl. I'm about to go do it on somebody. You know, right they, well, they always say the bowls have a message for every single person. Mm. So when you do a healing, the whole point is, is to connect to the bowl itself and connect to the message because it's going to give you a message in that moment that you connect to the bowl. And then you're going to actually feel the message in your body. And it's going to be, mm. it could be shame. It could be like you actually have permission for the shame to finally move. You have permission mm. now to recognize that it's okay to feel undeserving 
because that's what you've been told your whole life. So many messages come from the bulls for different people and they get off the table and they're like, I just had an aha. So Shelby, you got to come up to Washington and we'll pull out the bowl and figure out what the message is. I am all I'll, about I'll put it. the bowl on your head and we will. <laughs> My head. <laughs> or your chest or somewhere. You can. We'll, we'll, find, we'll figure it out. Where does this bowl want to be on Shelby's body is the first question we'll ask the bowl. And then we are going to get to sound bathing. Mm -hmm. I can't wait. You're going to have some fun shifts. <laughs> we will have some fun shifts. And honestly, Alex, we've had a lot of fun shifts mm -hmm. here in our conversation with you here today. And so if our listener wanted to find more of you, where could they go? So definitely go to my website. You'll see uh, all of my history. You'll see pictures of everything I do. You'll see videos. Uh, it's divinereconnections.com. Um, feel free to um, email me, alexanderdivinereconnections.com, even if you have questions, right? Even if something's coming up for you. My clients literally text me 24-7 if they're going oh, through wow. an experience because I want to help someone move through something when something is present. So if, mm. a listener, if, if a listener is going through something, please email me. I am here to support. I know we, we all need that support. Maybe we all need some clarification in our lives just to give us some momentum that we need. So, you know, anybody's more than willing to reach out if they want some, some, uh, some, just some clarification. Thank, thank you. For that. That's a very sweet and generous offer. And thank you so much for your time today. I have learned so much, Alex. It's just been such a joy speaking with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you for your time. Ladies, 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 gosh, I hope you got as much out of that conversation as Shelby and I did. Mm -hmm. That was good. It was so good. Alex, your voice, you have to let more people hear it because yes. we loved it. And what you had to say was so valuable. So valuable. So let's jump into our big five takeaways. You know, number one for me, we all have a shadow or this negative narrative that we carry around with us from childhood. And, you know, the, the Shelby exa example that she is always sharing with us is, is one that she'll never be good enough. Yeah. Or, you know, for me, that my voice is not worthy of being heard, especially in certain circles with certain people, that imposter mm. syndrome, right? Mm, um, yes. If we just identify what is the thread to our story in the past and revisit the moment when that seed was planted in us as a child, then we can close that loop in a different way and we can start the healing process. I love it. Yes. And two, our brains are so miraculous. They are. They internalize the stories that it hears over and over again. And that's why we need to speak into ourselves positive affirmations on a daily basis mm -hmm. and continue to repeat these statements until the brain internalizes them. Because girl, I know you're out there and I know you are continually beating yourself up again with that negative narrative. So let's flip the script and turn those negative narratives into positive affirmations. Yes, and, and our third point is going to really help you put this into action. So to move through this process, I want you to first recognize and then name the emotion. 
Is it anger? Is it sadness? Is it frustration? Is it helplessness? Is it, you know, worth worthlessness? Is it, what are, what are you feeling? Put a name on it. And then ask yourself, why am I feeling this way? And then I want you to use your breath work to go inside, slow it down, listen to your body, imagine that emotion, see it, hear it, and the name that you put on it, and then imagine your emotions pushing, pushing that old emotion out of your body, using your breath, using new emotion to fill you up with joy, to counteract and push that old shit out of your body. Get it out. Get, Get it out, out, girl. Get it out. Push it out. Push it out, girl. Push it. <laughs> Push it. Uh, 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 uh. Okay. Push it. It's a little musical interlude for the day. Um, number four. One way also to work through the pain and hurt from your present or past is to write a forgiveness letter to the person who's hurt you. I thought that was Ooh, so I gotta powerful. do one. I still, I have to do mine, Shelby. Mm, Jesus, help me, Lord. Yeah, you know, I think I need to do one too. I have written mm. a letter that articulates all of the things that I experienced and how that made me feel. Yep. But I haven't closed the loop on that yet. Yeah. And yeah. that I forgive you for all of this. Ooh, I am squirming in my seat just thinking about it right now, yeah. which is my body telling me it's mm-hmm. an action I must take. Yeah. Yeah. So let this point out the truth to you in our fifth point. Honey, my loves, my queens out there, you are not alone. You are not alone. We all have a story. We are all working on ourselves. We are all trying to get unstuck. We all face challenges, but you do not have to go it alone. There is strength in vulnerability. And in that beautiful, vulnerable space, you can find your tribe. And my hope and my prayer is that when you look up for that tribe, you will remember that Shelby and I are here. We are part of your tribe. We love you so much and we are ready to support you as you move through this work and reigniting your joy and the truth of who you are as you move away from those stories of the past and start to build this new story of joy, wealth, and laughter, and relationship, and connection while you recreate your life. We love you, and we are here for you. Hey, girls, leave us a uh, review and uh, click follow. We are not doing this just for the birds out there to listen. We're doing it for you. So do us that little favor. Leave a review. Follow us. Check us out on the website, DearMidlife.com. Join our Facebook group. Shoot, you can just come on and come to the front porch and join me for Thanksgiving <laughs> while you're at it, y'all. All right, we love you guys, and we can't we love wait to you. see you right here next week in the middle. <laughs> <laughs>